We all want to be in control, to determine the narrative of our story, the timeline of our lives. Hundreds of years ago, medieval mapmakers were tasked with plotting uncharted territory. These ancient cartographers depicted the terrain of the globe, illustrating the ever-evolving landscape unfurling before them. These pioneers would sketch contours and crevices, vast expanses of land and sea, converting first-hand tales of brave exploration into documented truth. As craggy mountain ranges and lush forests sharpened into view, some areas remained untold and unknown. Anything hidden or mysterious was branded with three stark words, here be dragons. Today, navigation takes a more sophisticated form. With an app and a device, we're never lost, never alone, but our lives remain just as indeterminable, just as unknown. We confront uncharted areas that are unwanted or unexpected. We have detours and crisis thrust upon us. We withstand seasons where we feel we've lost all control. Does God know how lost I feel? Does he care and will he help? How do I take the next step when here be dragons? Welcome to Crosspoint and welcome to a brand new series, Here Be Dragons. Um, it is so good to be back with you. I, uh, I missed you. I mean, my heart is, is filled with, with gratitude. I'm just, I'm, I'm real grateful. I'm real, uh, real grateful for, for the break, for um, our elders and our trustees and leadership, the value that, uh, that the break. And then I'm, I'm just grateful to be a part of a church where just, I can't wait to be back with you. And, uh, and, and I miss um, being with you and grateful for all that God's doing that he's doing. Grateful for the pastors and leaders and teachers, communicators over the summer who, uh, who taught in our Storytellers uh, series, but excited to be back today to kick off a brand new series. And over the break, it was a, it was a, it was a busy break. It's a great break, but it's a busy break. We were on the road. I think I slept in my own bed like five, uh, five nights. Uh, there were, um, there were like, we had a, you know, we had a family vacation and then we have, we were moving two daughters into college. And so we had a college orientation and moved one daughter down to, down to Athens, Georgia. And then we got, we had a, a, a pastor retreat and a, and a prayer retreat. And uh, one of my, the highlights of, of the summer was a mission trip. Um, my daughter Raleigh and I went on, we went down to Nicaragua and I actually have a picture of, um, of us um, in Nicaragua on the last night of that, uh, that, that mission trip. Um, that's actually a mustache on my face. I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew that was me. You were kind of like, who's that Tom Selleck looking uh, guy? And, uh, um, and so, you know, that's, that's actually me and a groom mustache, but I shaved the mustache. I left that mustache in July because my mother-in-law, she said, you look like a drug Lord. And, uh, and I figured that didn't go well with the pastor thing. So, uh, so, so left the mustache and, uh, but had an incredible trip. Raleigh and I have dreamed about going back to Nicaragua. Uh, we went when she was eight years old. I think I have a picture of that. We went when she was eight. And so we've dreamed of, of going back together and it was, uh, a, a trip I'll, I'll never forget. And it was, um, just, just an incredible, incredible trip together. But to get to come back, it is, it is good to be back. 
in the house and, uh, and, and worshiping together across all of our campuses. So grateful for Crosspoint um, online that, where we've been able to experience. Can we say thank you to the team, Crosspoint, PK and Dustin and Felicia, that team that helps us stay connected and, uh, and, and for all that's going on online. But I um, love, love being back um, with you. I was driving back to Nashville from Atlanta um, last Sunday, and, uh, and as I'm driving, driving up, I'm, I'm realizing that it has been six years uh, since God called our family, since we made that first drive up 75 and 24 into the city. And I was just thinking, six years uh, that, we've, that we've been together. It's been, it's been incredible. I was also thinking about how one of those years uh, was 2020, and that was a year where our Nashville campus was hit by a tornado, and uh, we had a global pandemic. And that counts for 10 years in pastor years, so it's been 16 years that, uh, that we have... We have uh, we've been together now, so that has been um, it's been wonderful and and uh, exciting and, and challenging. But we've seen God do uh, so much um, together, and and I was reflecting on that first drive up. I was thinking back where um, where I closed the U-Haul and everything that we had was kind of loaded up. And maybe some of you have experienced this in a in a long distance move. Everything is is loaded up, and we were leaving um, the place that we'd grown up. We'd been for 40 years, and we'd never lived anywhere different. And so we we uh, we we were loading. Ree and I loaded everything up in that truck, and it was. I can still remember the way that uh, that latch sounded when it closed. And I can still feel the feeling. I mean, just excitement at the same time, nervousness. And I would describe that feeling as uncertainty. Have you ever felt that uncertainty? Some of you feel that way right now. Maybe, you're, maybe you've just moved to a new city. We would say, welcome to town. Or maybe you, you started at a, at a new school or even a, just a new school year, that first time back where you're carrying the tray and you're going, where am I going to sit? Who's going to let me, me sit with them? Maybe you started a, a new business or a new venture. Or there's a new idea or a new vision that you've, you've put into effect. Maybe, maybe it's a new relationship. Maybe there's a, there's a new season that you're in, in in family or in parenting. Maybe you've got a newborn. And, uh, and all that goes along with that. And we have more coffee if you, if you need it. But when we enter in those new seasons, sometimes they're by our own choice. Sometimes it's something that God's leading us to do. Sometimes it's, it's like um, it's at the hands of another. Maybe it's the decision somebody else made. Or maybe it's because of um, tragedy or loss. And there's grief and there's hurt and there's pain attached. Whatever brings you to that place of uncertainty um, I want you to know something you can be certain of, and that's the love of God. That God loves you, that he will never leave you nor forsake you, and that even now he is working. And my prayer today is that you would have an encounter with God that would build your faith in the midst of uncertainty and that there would be things that you would be most certain of and that you would find the peace of God and the presence of God and the power of God and hear a word from God, a promise from God today. As we talk through, as we begin this series together. But uncertainty, um, uncertainty leads to us being scared, it leads to fear sometimes. Um, at least it did back in the, back in the uh, 1500s when they would make maps. If there was a place that had not been explored, they would stamp that, they would mark that with a, with a dragon. 
Or they would write, here be dragons. Underneath. This is actually a map from, um, from the Norwegian Sea back in 1536. Um, we've got some folks from Norway that actually watch Crosspoint online. We want to give a shout out to Norway today. And, but do also want you to know, there are not dragons in the, in the sea. Dragons do not exist in the sea. But they would put those dragons in places saying, we know we've explored. We've explored this over here. But we haven't explored this right here. And if you go over here, there is a big red dragon that will eat your face. Like there's... There was, there was fear that went along with uncertainty, and there's fear in our lives when it comes to uncertainty. Like, we don't have dragons on a map, but there are dragons in our mental maps and how we see the world. We all struggle with fear. Maybe, maybe it's the fear of being alone. Maybe it's the, it's the fear of rejection. Maybe it's the fear of regret. Maybe it's the fear of failure. Maybe it's the fear, fear, the, the fear of what other people will think. Perhaps you deal with the, with the fear of, of letting go, of opening up your hands and trusting God and, and letting go. We all, have, we all have fears. I had a reoccurring dream over the break that I was going to get up to preach and I wouldn't have my Bible and I wouldn't have my notes. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a fear. I won't know what to, what to say. So I just pray, God, help me, help me, God. Some of you might be praying right now, God, help him, help him, God. <laughs> but we all have fears and our fears don't swim in the ocean, but they do swim in our thoughts in the middle of the night. When we're laying awake and looking up at the ceilings these dragons of fear. What are, what are you struggling with? What are the fears that you're up against? And when God calls us into new territory, we all have fears. I was talking with a friend of mine who's a counselor, kind of leadership coach. He is a mentor, a voice of wisdom in my life. And I was talking, I was like, what do you think I should work on over the break? What do you want me to work on over the break? Like, what should I go after? And he said, uh, he said, I think that's your problem. You think you always have to be working. He said, what if over this break, you just take a break? What if over this break, you just let God love you and let other people love you for who you are, not for what you can do for them? He said, but if you do want to work on something, I want you to work on your addiction. I'm like, addiction? What are you talking about? He said, your addiction. I said, what addiction? He said, your addiction to control. I was like, shots fired. That just got personal, bro, right? Because the reality, we all are addicted to something, and for some, it's like the illusion of trying to control. And that's the thing about a break is that it requires you to open your hands and realize, I don't have control, and I never had control. And he said, I want you to pray a prayer over the break, and I want you to make this your prayer and, uh, and, and so I jotted it down. It's, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, that prayer sounded familiar, so I went back and did some research on that prayer, and I found out that that's a prayer that's used in AA. It's part of the 12 steps. And I'm like, we're all addicted to something. And for some, it's, it's control. And what God is saying, I want you to open your hands, and I want you to surrender. And really at the core, at the essence of that is a fear of, of letting go. And we're learning to trust. And learning to trust is not a, it's not a one-time thing of closing a latch on a U-Haul. It's an everyday thing. 
of opening our hands and learning to trust God. Because it's one thing to say, God, I believe in you. It's another to say, God, I believe you. I believe you and I trust in you. That's an everyday thing. And so in this series, we're going to learn how do we bring faith, how do we bring trust into our everyday? How do we trust God in the, in the places where there are fear and the fears that we, we struggle with? Because God has put dreams in you that are bi- that's bigger than the dragons. And there is a faith that's greater than the fears. And there is new territory, I believe, that God wants to lead you in. And maybe that new territory is in marriage, or maybe it's in faith, or maybe it's in your finances, maybe it's in generosity, maybe it's in servanthood and using your gifts. But there are places that God wants to, maybe maybe in career, where God wants to lead you into new territory. And we need, we need a faith that is bigger than our fears, because Paul tells Timothy, he writes to a young Timothy, a mentor, he writes this, and he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. He's writing to Timmy, who's, his insecurities are screaming. And when your insecurities are screaming, you need to know that a spirit of fear hasn't been given by God, but God has given you a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. And anytime we go through the threshold of a major change in life, or we go through the threshold of uncertainty where there's fear, the enemy will send a spirit of fear. But that didn't come from God. God's given you his Holy Spirit, which is a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. So together, we're going to learn how do we navigate uncertainty. And we're going to look at some of these uh, lives of people in the Old Testament, these heroes of the faith that we're going to look at. And Romans tells us why we've been given their story. It says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. He says, you're going to get hope and encouragement in the weeks ahead. How many of you need encouragement? How many of us need encouragement? Just raise your hand. Yep. We all do. Those of you that didn't raise your hand, I'm going to tell you, I've never met somebody who says, hey, can you hold off on the encouragement? I've had enough, you know? Like we all need hope and we all need encouragement in our lives. To receive encouragement means that courage is deposited into our hearts and we need courage deposited in our hearts because we all have fears and we all have dragons. And what I love about these stories in the Old Testament is that these heroes of the faith, they're broken people like us. God loves to use broken people. You know why? Because it's the only option he has. We're all broken people. We're all broken people in need of the grace of God. And what we're going to find in the weeks ahead is these broken people like us encounter the grace of God and the love of God and the mercy of God. And God builds faith in them, inside of them, a faith in his faithfulness. God builds that faith and he's going to build that faith in us to help us navigate uncertainty, whatever uncertainty we're facing in the days ahead. And today we're going to begin by looking at the story of Abram. We're going to look at the story of a, of a, of a broken person who encountered God. And um, he's, known as, he's known as the father of faith. In the New Testament, he's like the great example of faith. We find his story in, in Romans and in Galatians and in Hebrews but the first place he shows up in the Bible is Genesis chapter 12. If you've, got a, if you've got a Bible, you can turn to Genesis chapter 12 with me. We're going to pick up in verse 1. And Abram's story, it spans about 14 chapters. So we're, we're not going to have time to go through his whole story. I wish we had time for a deep dive. But we're just going to do like a flyover. And then I want us to, to, to dial in on some of the highlights together um, as we get some real practical wisdom about how to deal with uncertainty and fear in our lives. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 
We pick up, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Uh, I want you to see that Abram's story, his faith story, begins with God. It begins with God. God initiates the call. God initiates the call. It's not that we first love God, it's that he first loved us. And so God initiates the relationship. God initiates the call. And God calls out to Abram, and his call was for Abram to follow him. It's like Jesus and the disciples, and he said, come follow me. Drop your nets and come follow me. God's invitation to you is that you would follow him that you would begin this, this life of faith. God, essentially, God invited Abram to a walk. He said, let's just take a walk. God invites you to begin a walk of faith, to, to walk with him, to know him. But this walk with God wasn't because Abram was a good man. It was not because, he had, uh, the, because of his moral stature. It wasn't because he had an impressive resume. Abram was a broken man, as you'll see. It was the grace of God. See, God doesn't call the the qualified. He qualifies the call. God hasn't called you to himself because you were good. He's called you to himself because he is good. And it's an invitation to walk with him. But that invitation began with this call to leave something behind. And we get some insight into his backstory in Joshua 24, 2. It says, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. So what Joshua is telling us is that Abraham's family, he came from a family of idol worshipers. Instead of worshiping the one true God of Israel, they, were, they worshiped other idols. They worshiped other gods. Genesis chapter 11 tells us that his family was from Ur of the Chaldeans, which was the center of the worship of the, of the idol Nana. Not to be confused with my Nana or any, any other Nanas in the room. This is the, the, it was the moon god. And so they worshiped the moon god, and, and Abram's family worshiped that god. So, so this call to, to follow God would be a call to leave behind the, the, the faith or the idol worship of his family, to leave behind what was familiar. He had to let go. Faith is, is, is letting go. Like, this is the hard work of faith. And for Abram, it meant to let go of, of what was safe and what was secure and what was comfortable to let go of, of, of some friendships, to let go of what other people thought. I mean, and he's 75 when this is going on. Like, you know that group of guys at Hardee's that drink coffee and talk about the news and the weather and about the weather and about the weather? Like, you know those guys? Like, Abram was part of that group. That's the stage of life he was in, and, and God called him to, to go to leave that behind, image, reputation, being known, he had to let go. Letting go is the hard work of faith. And some of us are still holding on to Ur of the Chaldeans. Some of us are still holding on to things in our old life that God is saying, I have the promised land for you. But we can't inherit the fullness of the promises if we're still clinging to the old. And for some of us, what we're holding on to Today is an invitation, God saying, will you release? Will you let go? Maybe it's a relationship that you know doesn't honor God. Maybe it's ego. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's having to be right. Maybe it's a grudge, some bitterness, some things from your past. 
God's saying, I want you to release. I want you to open up your hands and, and let go so that you can experience the fullness of the promise. Faith starts with letting go. Sometimes just letting go of plans. That can be hard. Letting go of knowing where you're going. Listen to what it tells us about Abram, this place he's in in, in in life and letting go. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it says, By faith, Abram, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Have you ever felt like you didn't know where you were going? Some of you are like, that's Monday. Right? I mean, he didn't know where he was going. I know what that's like. Especially when we moved to a new town, I had a friend, Ben Bonner, who said, hey, Kevin, here's what you need to do. If you want to learn this, it's one of my favorite stories. He said, if you want to learn Nashville, you can't use Google Maps. Like, you just got to, you got to figure it out. I was like, that's okay. That's what I'll do. Y'all, that's the dumbest advice I ever heard. (laughs) I was lost and in a bad mood. Like, if we had a negative interaction my first week here, that's why. Because, like, I tried to figure it out, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I remember the first time we left church, and we were going home as a family. I only lived eight miles from, from the church, but I got so turned around, and I was already stressed and overwhelmed and just trying to figure out all that was going on with, you know, with, with church. I was just, I was overwhelmed. And I remember um, I was stressed and I was driving and trying to figure out, I was turned around 440. I didn't know what that was and potholes. And so I'm just trying, trying to make my way through. And it just got to a point where I just, I just screamed out. I said, I have no idea where I am and I have no idea where I'm going. And the car just got real quiet. And then my 12-year-old Camden in the back, she said, you mean in life or just right now? <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. All of it. <laughs> Abram had no idea where he was going. You know why? Because God didn't give him turn-by-turn directions. So it's like, God, if you just give me turn-by-turn directions, then I'd live by faith. No, if God gave us turn-by-turn directions, we'd only go to him when we need directions. God doesn't give us turn-by-turn directions because we would, we would treat him like Google Maps when he's our father. He, he has put his spirit in us to lead us, to guide us, but he wants to us to live with dependence on him and trust in him, but that we would love him and that we would receive his love. And the more we pour out on our, our love on God, the more open we are to receive his love for us and that we would trust him and that he would lead and guide and that we would have relationship with him. And so God invited Abram. He said, I'm giving you, I'm giving you my presence. I'm giving you my promise. And God gives him a promise. Look at this promise he makes Abram in verse two. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is a, this is a huge blessing. This is a huge promise. God, God said, I'm gonna use your life to bless all the people on earth. I'm gonna make you a great nation. Here's the problem. Abram couldn't have a child. He and Sarah, Sarah, his wife, she was barren. So this is, this is an incredible promise, but, but Sarah is barren. And Abram's going, I have no idea how this is. Abram's circumstances were screaming something different than God's whisper. And God gives him a promise. And Abram takes that promise by faith. We live by faith. We hold to the promises of God. 
Listen how Hebrews talks about faith. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not, we do not see. See, faith is believing what we cannot see. I have a quarter in my hand. How many of you believe that I have a quarter in my hand? Raise your hand. All right, the rest of y'all, y'all have trust issues. Um, <laughs> I have a quarter. It is a year 2000, the year uh, Rhea and I were married. That was a great year to get married because I know this year that we've been married 23 years. You can always remember how many years you've been married. It is a shiny quarter. How many of you believe, and Mount Julia, God behind bar, how many of you believe that I have a quarter in my hand? Go ahead and raise your hand. By faith, you believe it. Why do you believe that I have a quarter in my hand? Because of what I've said, not because of what you've seen. But the moment that I, I told you, the moment I show you that I have a quarter in my hand, you don't need faith. You've had sight. And so as followers of Jesus, we walk by faith and not by sight. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and that God has spoken it through his word and through his son, that he has revealed it by his spirit. And we hold on to the promises of God and we walk forward by faith. That's what faith is. Faith is, just, is taking a walk. It's taking a walk with God. God says, Abram, take a walk with me. He says to you today, take a walk with me. But what we see in this story and what sometimes gets overlooked is that he, Abram didn't walk by himself. <coughs> Abram didn't walk by himself. He left a lot of things behind, but what he didn't leave was his community. There was Sarah, his nephew Lot, Lot's family, other families. Abram had, because we weren't designed to live by faith by ourselves. Because if we're going to let go of the old life and take hold of the promises of God, we need other people around us. Because when it gets hard, our temptation is going to be to go back to Ur of the Chaldeans. That instead of pressing forward into the promises of God, we're going to want to let go. And sometimes people go back to toxic people and toxic places and toxic patterns. Because what happens, listen very carefully, we romanticize the past and we dragonize the future. But to move forward by faith, we need other people. It's one of the reasons we have groups here at Crosspoint. Because we don't live by faith by ourselves. This whole just Jesus and me is not biblical. The Abrahamic blessing is that God has blessed you to bless others. He's blessed me to bless others. That we would bless one another. And that happens in community happens in relationships. And so if you're going, how do I take that next step? How do I find those people? Maybe you're new to town. We want to say welcome. But we say, we want to help you find a group. You can go to crosspoint.tv slash groups and find a group. And if you've ever been new to town, do you know the difference that first friend can make? That first friend can make. You can be that first friend for somebody else. Somebody is praying for a friend like you. So let's get, let's get together in group and let's live by faith. And it's through relationships that it helps us let go of the old and take hold of the new together. And so let's fast forward, Genesis 15. Genesis 15, they get to the promised land, but the promise still hasn't been fulfilled. There's, there's no child, there's no son, there's no offspring. And... Uh, Abram's laying there in bed one night and the dragons are loud. He looks over at Sarah and she's not getting any younger. 
and he's not either. And every time they get free coffee at McDonald's, <laughs> he feels foolish. It's like, how is this going to happen? And this night, he's coming up with a contingency plan. Maybe Eleazar, my servant, will get the, will get the inheritance. And he's trying to come up with another plan, and God interrupts him. And God gives him this word. God says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. And he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abram believed. God says, you can count dragons or you can count stars. I says, stop scrolling through your phone. Stop doom scrolling. <laughs> stop looking at your screen and let's look at the stars. And so Abram went outside and he looked at the stars and God's saying, just start counting. And when you run out, know that I haven't because so shall your descendants be. The stars are a billboard. A while back, I was, I was struggling. I was dealing with some dragons in the middle of the night. And I just went outside and I, I, looked at the, I looked at the stars, just looked up. And the grandeur and the glory of God and just sensed God's presence. I wonder, where do you need to know the vastness and the power and the glory of God? And to say to God that the dreams that he's put in you, he's also given you a faith in him to be able to just trust in him. Maybe put away the screen and look at the stars. The stars were a reminder of the promise of God. So God gave him the stars, he gave him the word, he gave him the promise, giving him his presence. And Abram still struggled. You know why he struggled? Because he had to wait. How many of you like waiting? No hands. We hate to wait. Nashville is a city of Southern hospitality. We don't honk at each other on the roads. <laughs> unless the light turned green and you didn't go. Then we honk at each other, right? Because we hate to wait. And when we wait, when we have to wait, we do stupid things. That's what happened with Abram and Sarah. They came up with this plan of Sarah's like, well, I can give you Hagar, my maidservant, and you can be with her. And, and so they came up, Abram and Sarah, um, they tried to come up with a plan to help God as if God needed their help. And they tried to do in their own flesh what God had promised by his spirit. And it created complexity, even to this day, with their decisions. And sometimes God's chosen people choose bad decisions. And even though, um, even though people fail, even though we sometimes out of fear or in uncertainty, we fail and we make bad decisions, you need to know God's promises never fail. And God made good on his promise. Abram was 99 years old. God comes to him with good news. He's like, it's time. Abram's like, oh, you know. Finally, in Genesis 17, God reaffirms the promise. He reminds him of the covenant. He says, you're going to be the father of a nation. Kings will come through your lineage, a royal priesthood. Then God does something interesting. In verse 5, he says, no longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be called Abraham. Before God works the miracle, God changes his name. Abram means, um, means father, in Hebrew, Abram means, uh, means father. Abraham means father of a multitude. So 
God says, you're no longer going to be, be called daddy. You're going to be big daddy. Right? God changes his name, big daddy. God says, you'll be the father of a multitude because in order to fulfill his God-given destiny, he had to see his true identity. And sometimes it means letting go of the name. See, Abram was the name his father gave him. He said, you need to let go of the name your father gave you and take hold of the name that your father in heaven has given you. And some of us, we've left old places, but we're still holding on to old names. There are things that people have said and the dragons in the middle of the night or when God's leading us through uncertainty may be old names and God's saying, it's time to take up your new name. That if you're in Christ, you are a child of God. If you're in Christ, you've been set free. If you're in Christ, he calls you redeemed. If you're in Christ, he says, you are my masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works. If you are in Christ, you need to know your identity in him. And maybe it's just getting still enough and quiet, quiet enough underneath the stars and off the screens and say, God, would you tell me who I really am to you so I can let go of the old names and hold tightly to the new? And they have a son. God makes good on the promise. They have a son. And you know what they named him? Big Daddy Jr. I'm just kidding. That's not what they named him. They, they named him Isaac. You know what Isaac means? It means laughter. Sarah said, we're going to name this because we're going to laugh and everybody's going to laugh when they see what God's done. And it's, it's a laughter of joy that God fulfilled the promise. He's going to fulfill his promises. But will we hold firmly to them? Will we hold on to them? And faith is the journey of learning how to let go and learning how to hold on. Letting go is the hard work of faith. Holding on is too. Rhea and I are in a new season because we're sending two of our daughters to college. So that means it's me, Rhea, and two boys, Durham and Bolton. And so y'all pray for Rhea. That's a lot of testosterone in the house. And, um, and we're excited um, for the girls and excited for the season. But, but we're learning um, about letting go. And, uh, and there are a lot of dragons. There are a lot of dragons who just fear and just learning how to let go. We love our girls. We're excited for them in this season, but we're just learning how to, how to do this. And uh, I've been having a lot of flashbacks and just thinking back on uh, when they were little. And uh, thinking back on when, when, when Raleigh was little, she had long hair, came down, had short hair, and Raleigh had, had long hair. And every night I would braid her hair. And, uh, and I would just, I would, I would braid her hair and I would say her prayers. And that was just like our nightly routine. And it was every single night. And, uh, and I don't know when that stopped. I mean, maybe it was with the move up to now. She's like eighth grade. She was older, but I, I don't know when that stopped, but I grieve that, it, you know, that it, because I just, I miss that. That's the thing about being a parent is nobody tells you when it's the last time. Like nobody says, hey, this is the last time you're going to break, but there was a last time. And, uh, and so, I, but I just, I've been thinking about that. And then we went on that mission trip down to Nicaragua and the way they set us up, they're like, hey, this is your room. This is Raleigh's room. And there was like this door, doorway in the middle. And, um, and that first night, Raleigh, um, she knocked on the door. She came in and she said, um, she said, dad, will you braid my hair? As I was braiding her hair, I was really, this is really, I'm just learning how to let go. 
and I'm learning how to hold on to the promises of God. And where Jesus said, um, every hair that's on your head, the Father knows it. And every one of these hairs, God, you know. And I'll never leave you nor forsake her, and I'll never leave her nor forsake her. And I've got dreams and plans for you, and I've got dreams and plans, good plans for you. Learn how to trust. And it's not that our job is over, it's just that our job is different now. I don't know what he's asking you to let go of, but I know that when you put it in his hands, he is trustworthy and you can trust him and that he makes good on his promise forever. It doesn't mean it's not gonna be hard. And that doesn't mean that, that there's not gonna be fumbles and struggles. If we learn from Abram, we know there are struggles and fumbles along the way, but we also learn the faithfulness of God that faith is a long walk with a faithful God. There was a uh, songwriter, I'll close with this, a songwriter out in Dixon County. Um, his name is Rich Mullins, and he, uh, he had a house in Bellsburg, Tennessee. He wrote a song many years ago called Sometimes by Step, and he says, sometimes I think of Abraham, how one star he saw had been lit for me. He wrote, he was a stranger in this land and I am that no less than he. And on this road to righteousness, sometimes the climb can be so steep. I may falter in my steps, but never beyond your reach. Never beyond the reach of God. Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise of the covenant. He was the one who left the security of heaven. He was the one who left where it was comfortable, where it was safe. And he came to earth for us, lived a perfect life, laid his life down on the cross for the forgiveness of our sin, that we could be made one with God, that we could be reconciled with God and so that we could walk with him. And he overcame death. He overcame sin. He overcame hell so that we could be made one with God. And he invites us to that walk. He says, come walk with me. If you've never said yes to begin to walk with Jesus, I want to pray for you. And if you have said yes, then I want to lead you in a prayer as well. So can we pray together? Would you bow your head and your hearts across the room? First, I want to pray for those who have never said yes to Jesus. You've never begun the walk. It started, this, this, this walk with God started with that first step from Ur of the Chaldeans. And Jesus invites you to take a first step by faith, believing. And so if today, if you want to take that first step, it would be a prayer of faith. And you can pray something like this. I'll, I'll, I'll help guide you and just pray. God, thank you for loving me. And today I say yes to you. I say yes to your invitation. I'm broken. I realize I've sinned. God, I need your forgiveness. Put my trust in Jesus. What he did on the cross. And I want to walk with you here on earth. I want to follow you. I want to live by faith in you. Thank you for saving me. If that's your prayer and you prayed that for the first time, 
my prayers, my prayer for you, God, would you give them courage to tell somebody, either somebody that they came with today or someone on our prayer team that'll be down front at the end, would you give them the courage to share that? And then, God, I pray for those who are following you, but today is the invitation to let go. And I want to invite you just to open up your hands, just to open up your hands. And we say, Holy Spirit, would you search our hearts? Would you reveal places, the people, or the patterns, or the things that you want us to let go of today? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a grudge. Maybe it's a place that you continue to go back to. Maybe it's an old name. Maybe it's pride. And today, God is inviting you to let go. So Holy Spirit, would you reveal those things and would you give, them the, would you give us the grace to obey? Give us grace to do the thing that you're asking us to do. That you would give us the faith to obey. The faith to let go. And now I want to invite you just to, just to hold your hands tight, symbolizing holding to the promises of God. Holy Spirit, Jesus told us that you would remind us of what the Father has told us. Right now, would you just remind us of what is true? Would the truth of your whisper be louder than the lies? The enemy, you are with us. He says, I will never forsake you. I'm with you always, even to the end. Would you give us truth to cling to? promises in your word, Lord, even right now, would you communicate what's true by your spirit? That you will redeem. I feel like for somebody today, he's saying, I will restore what the locusts have eaten. For I know the plans I have. I have good plans for you. A hope and a future. For someone today, he gives the promise for you to cling to the promise of eternal life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. There's somebody who is fearing, fearing death right now. And you've put your faith and trust in Jesus. And he has overcome the grave. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus, as we walk into the week, would we practice this open our hands and letting go so that we can cling to what is true? And as we walk by faith, be reminded, be reminded of your spirit in us and the way you'll guide us. And we give you glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before you leave, if you need prayer for anything, we've got our prayer teams down front. We would love to pray for you. If you're trying to let go of something or you want to hold on to something, uh, we'd love to pray for you. Also, I want to let you know, um, if you made that faith decision today, we'd love to hear about it and share with you. August 22nd, 
Put it on your calendar. We're going to have a night of worship, one church here at our Nashville, at our Nashville location. Invite you to come. Put it on the calendar. We'll worship together, um, celebration. And we're going to have a time of prayer for our schools and for our school year, for administration, for teachers, for students, for parents. You want to be here for that. We'll see you then, August 22nd. But we'll see you next week. You guys have a great weekend, Lord.